What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast. Coming to you live from our studios here, downtown Chicago. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Joined in studio by my guy, Will to Go. Gottlieb, Will underscore Gottlieb. Our pal producer, Lawrence on the controls. Yo. And back from his week off, our man, Big Dave, joining us on the sidebar at BOW! BWL Sports. Uh, hey, tough, Dave. tough Monday, but I'm happy to have Dave back in our lives. What's up, buddy? What's happening? What's up, y'all? How y'all feel, man? I missed you in a big way. Yeah. I'm, if yeah, if I only just too. because I had to read ads in your absence. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that's fair. That's fair said, enough. If only. Look, do... That's not, that's not all of it, but it's a part of it. <laughs> I, I, I do want to say, I do want to say something though. Please so, do. So yeah, I, I went down with uh I went down with COVID. It it really uh punched me in the face. It was really tough. Uh, I'm glad I had that week off after it was over because I still wasn't right after it it, it was over. So it's just wow how that set up that way. I'm glad guys kind of set it up that way for me to get that sick, but still had that week off. But but in that week off, I, I wanted to say uh I want to say thank you. It's like I want to say well thank you to Matt for holding it down and doing everything that he always does. Um, thank you to um, thank you to Will Gottlieb for constantly, not, not annoyingly, but constantly being in my ear, telling me to take time off of work because I've never done that ever in my life. I've never had a job where I took a vacation. It's just, it wasn't new to me. It's, it's new to me. I don't know anything about it. I'm always working. It's what I do. So, I appreciate Will constantly telling me that because he was absolutely right. I definitely needed to do that. Um, right. Shout out to my girl. She knows who she is for basically detailing what I do <laughs> on a daily basis, calling me insane, and then saying, why the hell haven't you taken time off um, from this? So, yeah, I appreciate the people for for uh, pushing me to sit down. And I appreciate yourself. Matt for holding it down for me. Cause it was really awesome to get that time off. I needed it. I really did. I didn't know I needed it until I did it. So yeah, it was, it was cool. I'm, I'm happy. I had some time off, but I'm just ready for basketball now, man. I'm, I am seriously really, truly ready for basketball and to talk about the Chicago bulls, man. I I'm just so ready for this. I really am. I'm glad it's a few weeks away that we get to watch some bulls basketball. Cause I'm, I'm ready. That's what it is, man. It's time. I, I'm glad that you got that time. We all took turns at the, you know, the tail end of the offseason when there's not much going on anyway. A perfect time for all of us to have a little me time. Uh, and so I'm glad you took advantage of yours. I will tell you that the vibes around the office this past week were real rough. Just with all the dysfunction going on at Hallis Hall, the drama going on with the Bears, the quarterback saying things, the team weirdly having the defensive coordinator resign without an explanation. The Cubs were falling apart there for a second before getting a series sweep this weekend. Obviously, Sox fans have just been miserable for sure. seven months now. Everyone was like, man, I could really use a big Dave hug I around this office. I literally heard that so many times. So many times. Yo, I feel y'all, man. And, and I, I was, well, I can't say I was paying attention to everything because I was just completely off the grid. But uh, as far as the Bears, like, I'll give you the bright side of it. Right now, the Bears have the number one pick and Carolina has the number four pick. That's the bright side of this right now. So that trash will get them that. Oh. Um, and the Vikings, deep, a, the, the Vikings, Vikings who are 0-3 are playing they stink. the Panthers who are 0-3. So if the Vikings yep. win, Panthers are going to be zero and four, and obviously the Bears bring the Broncos. So if they lose, we're talking at we're looking at the top two picks in the draft. Yeah, and that's and that's a good thing to look forward to. Shout um, out to September. I don't know what this Bears team <laughs> is. Honestly, this is pure trash. This defense is pure trash. The special teams, the coaching, the quarterback, all of it is is ass. And I was arguing today with my family uh, on our text message about old bear quarterbacks because my nephew loves jay cutler and i'm like look man i'm not i'm tired of arguing about ugly you know like whether it's jay cutler or rex grossman or what justin fields is doing right now i don't support ugly anymore like i don't might have a better body might have a better personality but it's still ugly all right mm -hmm. and i'm not arguing ugly no more I'm, I'm just not doing that shit no more man it's it's all ugly 
the whole organization needs to fall. Like this is an organizational thing, bro. Like I'm just watching teams be good with quarterbacks, like just pulling quarterbacks off the trash heap and be good. <laughs> like that's an organizational yeah. failure. This is an organizational crowd was lighting it up yesterday. Lighting their ass up, man. Like <laughs> their asses up, dog. What is like, that? Like this is it's pure trash, dog. I watched Gardner Minshew. You want to hear my? Uh, Come on. You want to hear my tinfoil hat theory? Oh, absolutely. So, all right. I think coming into the season, whether it was Kevin Warren or Ryan Poles, the top of the top knew that Justin Fields was not going to be that guy. I think they knew mm-hmm. that. And okay. they also knew how much hype there was around Justin Fields. They knew how much people love him and how good everybody thought he was going to be. So they couldn't justify trading him for CJ Stroud or Bryce Young because one, okay. those guys weren't really considered to be like locks. And I still don't think they are. So they couldn't trade Justin Fields and draft one of those guys, number one. So they traded those pick, got another pick for next year's draft, first round. And they are now in a situation where they knew they were going to be really bad again this year, but it would throw fans off the scent that Justin Fields was going to be like that guy. So he, he either becomes mm-hmm. a guy or fans are done with him. And now next mm-hmm. year, they're going to have a couple of top 10 picks probably. And they can reset with a quarterback that they draft and move on from fields knowing that the fans are not going to throw a fit because they got and rid of their still guy. have tons of money on their cap sheet and not available to, and not, not a veteran fields. quarterback on their books yeah and will will I, will i gotta teach you what tinfoil hat theory means because that's not crazy at all that's super <laughs> damn it makes a lot of sense I need to see you with that. Like, my, that ain't what that means, bro. That's my spin zone. <laughs> Try to find some way to justify what I'm watching right now. Well, it makes sense with the fan. It makes a lot of sense. And yeah, that, that makes tons and tons of sense. It does make sense. Uh, I fortunately, don't like that sense, but uh, Bulls fans, look, <laughs> we, we might be staring down the barrel of a mid as hell team this season, but I'll take mid as hell over watching 14 more games of this Bears situation i really will and it's only 14 more games that's exciting yeah just 14 more 14 more law we can make it through yeah we got um and i mean this is a momentous monday this is the final week of the off season before bulls basketball officially is back media day a week from today we'll be there got players at the podium got billy at the podium got ak at the podium and then mm-hmm. nashville why i don't know training camp next week we're there we, we made it through the off season y'all quick question yes anybody know what's happening one month from today the nba season tips off right the chicago bulls play their first game of the regular season against the oklahoma boom. city thunder at the boom see you there god i'm so excited about that uh, it, in the meantime, this week, final week of the offseason, we still have the hurry up and wait situation going on with Dame Lillard and the trade request saga. More updates have uh, kind of trickled in yesterday and today, as recently as Mark Spears on NBA Today this afternoon, like an hour ago. We'll touch on some of that, plus a weird other named player that was thrown into Jake Fisher's latest for Yahoo, and a couple more of our Prove It segments setting goals for individual Bulls for the upcoming season. Um, but let's start with the Dame stuff, gentlemen. I feel like NBA at large is just running out of patience, waiting for this to be over. I'm ready. Will's ready. I'm ready. Dave, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Bring that shit. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Friday afternoon, Fisher had kind of just like a wrap up of all of the other various reports and rumors that were going around. And before we get to that other weird name, he did mention Chicago and Zach and Dame and all that stuff, but basically reconfirm what we've heard from other places, which is the Blazers aren't all that keen on, on Zach Levine and that maybe it would be a three team situation. Some other team that does want Zach and then the Blazers, you know, accruing other assets somewhere else. If the bulls were in fact trying to get in on the Dame stuff, then this afternoon on NBA today, Mark J Spears said there is an expectation that Dame Lillard will be out of Portland by the time the Blazers have their media day next week, all the while saying the Bulls talk with Dame is waning and the Raptors have emerged as the front runners over the Miami Heat emerges as the front runners to land Dame 
in a trade. Uh, Big Dave, what do you think about all this? I, I don't. I haven't heard anything from Dame Lillard that says he has moved off of the idea that it's Miami or bust. So that's what is all of this is curious to me. So until I hear him say that, this is just all an awesome circus to watch. So <laughs> if they trade him to the Raptors, I mean, the chaos will begin because he has clearly said, I'm not playing for nobody else. So it's no sweat off of the Trailblazers back in any sense because whatever it goes, they're getting assets back. And whatever assets they get will help them. It doesn't matter. Um, and if they keep Dame... It doesn't. It really uh, doesn't matter either. Like they can do what they want with with Damian Lillard, even if they play him or, or not play him. It's it's up to their decision. They they're holding all the cards in this situation. So the Raptors situation is very interesting to me, unless there's been a sit down that we don't know about with these other teams, whether it's the Raptors, the Bulls, or whoever, and they have made it clear to Dame Lillard that we want you and we hope you play for us, and I hope you're okay with playing for us. And Dame has said, "Cool, I'm down with doing that." then for me, I wouldn't even be trying to make these kind of trades. Like, I would honestly just be talking to Dame. Like, he has to tell me it's okay before I'm like, okay, I want to move forward with trying to find somebody or some kind of way to get you here to my team. If it does happen and he does decide he wants to play for the Raptors, oh, that's of course, that's a tough, tough, tough move for us in the Eastern Conference because that's Dame Lillard, man. Like, him moving to the Heat doesn't affect me as much as the Raptors, because then the Raptors become that uh, another team that you're fighting for a six seed. Uh, because without them, I don't think that they're really in that fight. So getting him puts them damn sure in that fight for that six seed for the Chicago Bulls. Him going to the Heat, the Heat are dealing with the top of the East, so it's not really um, an issue. But man, I really don't want this to happen. But something's going to happen, and I still hope he ends up. Uh, where he wants to end up, which is Miami. But part of me doesn't want him to end up anywhere. It just wants the chaos to continue going on right now. Joel, uh, just real quick, Joel in the comments uh, says he's not buying it. He thinks the Raptors talk is a smokescreen with the goal being putting pressure on the heat to get a better deal done. Will, uh, I think, you know, before we went live, you were kind of saying something uh, with uh, what, what Dave was talking about there. As far as Dame saying Miami or bust, you think if... The, the Raptors actually do make this big swing. There's a decent chance that Dame just refuses to show up. Yeah, I'm not sure about like the mechanics of how that actually works. Um, there was like a lot of ch- chatter about it with regards to Harden holding out and how basically like the 76ers have the ability to bar him from signing as a free agent with any other team. But the problem is Dame has four more years, so that's not really a threat that the whatever team trades for Dame can make. So I'm not really sure whether that would work, but I know to your point, Dave, like he only wants to go to Miami and nothing really has changed about that. So I feel like a lot of this is just the Blazers trying to find any other team that can add some leverage here to where they get a little bit more out of Miami because it does kind of feel like that's where Dame is going to end up. Um, I'm not really sure who that third team is that's going to take on Tyler Hero and what that third team can relay to Portland um, to sort of whatever it is that they want. Like I, I would imagine they want Jovic and Jaime Jaquez and 27 and 29 picks from Miami, but like what else can they get in that deal uh, via hero? So there's still a lot to unfold here, but I think what's really happening is like, there's kind of a soft deadline on getting this deal done. And that's next Tuesday when the Blazers have media day. And really before that, like on Monday when other teams have media day uh, where they want to get something done and they're just going to try to put as much leverage as they can on Miami to like find the best solution to help them get the best package possible. Because it does kind of just feel like at this point, it's got to be Miami. The other interesting bulls wrinkle of this, as you mentioned, the name Tyler Hero came from that Jake Fisher report late Friday night saying this, keep an eye on Utah playing a potential role in a three or four team outcome of these Lillard conversations. If Portland ultimately does business with Miami, the Jazz, as well as the Bulls, Hornets and Nets, are considered a team interested in landing Tyler Hero from the Heat. I'm sorry, what? What? (laughs) Tyler, what? (laughs) 
What, Dave? What the hell? It's listen, man. Danny Ainge, bro. Like that's all it is. Is Danny Ainge? Like Tyler Hero on Utah is is a good fit. Honestly, like I think it's a good move for them to get a guy like that, uh, pairing him with Larry Markinen and um, Walker Kessler, Texas Ranger, putting them together with those guys. I think I think it's a solid move. Like him, him being in Utah with that, but that is out of the blue stuff. But it sounds like Danny Ainge to me. Like it's just like that. It has Danny Ainge written all over it. Let me slide in and, and see what I can steal real quick for nothing. You know, from another team right now that is really trying to make this big deal to get this one guy. So let me try to act like I'm helping you, but I'm not really helping you. I'm kind of helping myself. You know, that's what Danny Ainge trades usually are. They look like they're helping you, but they're not. They're really he's really helping himself. So, yeah, I think if they get Tyler Hero, it's a good move, honestly, for Utah, man. I think he's a solid fit. Oh, but what about the fact that the Bulls are another named team thrown in there as someone who was interested in Hero, Will? I just don't get that. I think it all comes back to this idea that the Bulls have been shopping Zach Levine. And I say that intentionally. Yeah. They are shopping him. They're not taking calls. They are looking for other places to send him. And who knows why that is, whether it's they want to get off that money, whether it's they feel like he's just not their guy. Like all this smoke from Jake Fisher over the last couple months specifically has been the Bulls are looking around at other teams for in Zach Levine trades. They're making calls. So it does not seem like they really have a lot of like legitimate landing spots for Zach. Um, and I think part of that is just like teams aren't really interested in like rebuilding teams aren't really interested in taking on a 29 year old making $40 million a year and contending teams are still waiting on Dame. They're still waiting on Harden. They're waiting on Embiid and Giannis now. Like he's just not right. at the top of that list to where people are gonna throw the kitchen sink at AK. So I do feel like this is getting to be kind of a weird situation where like Zach is just in all these trade rumors and it doesn't seem like he's actually going anywhere. So I don't know, it just feels a little weird, uh, but that seems to me to be like part of the reason why Hero is linked to the Bulls is because if you are trading Zach, you got to get somebody who can score the ball that you bring back, making like a decent amount of money to try to match. So maybe you bring back, you know, Hero and another 10, 12, 15 million dollar guy. And that kind of evens out the books to where you have a couple of more movable assets if you're the Bulls, but you also can stay relatively competitive, even if you lose Zach in what seems to be a pretty wide open Eastern Conference. Yeah, that's that's why I didn't mention the Bulls when I was talking because it doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. Like I don't see it; it makes no sense at all. Um, getting the Bulls, but Will, let me ask you: um, depending on how the Bulls look, because Zach, I think Zach Levine trade talk is going to continue basically throughout his career here in Chicago. Honestly, yep. Do you think? Do you think during at the All Star break will that be? Uh, the reason why that trade talk might continue or might not, depending on how the Bulls look. So if the Bulls are doing well and playing well and Zach Levine, let's say he's having an all-star type year, do you think there'll be talk or not? Because if he is playing that well and they still really want to trade him and do something, wouldn't that be the time if he's having one of those kind of seasons for the Bulls? Uh, I mean, if if the Bulls are playing well, I think that removes a lot of the the questions, right? Like, I think part of the reason why they're looking for outs with Zach is because you're not going to get anything for DeMar. Like as good as he is for the Bulls, he's more valuable to him, to them than he would be to any other team. Part of that is because of the contract and him being an expiring. Teams don't want to give up a lot for a guy that's going to enter free agency next year. But I think also like the way that this team is constructed, he needs to have the ball in his hands and he's going to have the ball in his hands quite a lot. And for a lot of other teams that already have a lot of star players, you don't want to necessarily take the ball out of LeBron or AD's hands to put it in DeMar's. Like, I just think that's the reality of his style of play is that he's kind of a tough fit on a lot of teams. So you're not trading DeMar. You've obviously just reinvested in Vooch. You're not trading him at least until January. And frankly, then, I mean, they've, they've shown nothing but support uh, in terms of keeping Vooch as a foundational piece. So that leaves Zach. I mean, he is the one that can get some value back. He's got, years of team security. We know that the cap is continuing to rise and you know, that, that means that Zach, he'll still be making a lot of money, but it won't, it won't be as overwhelming a number, uh, year after year. 
and he's 29 and he fits next to a lot of stars. Like that's the reason why he's coming up and Damar and Vooch aren't. Uh, whether or not like that results in anything, who knows? But it just kind of seems like to me, Zach, and unless the Bulls really figure it out and like start playing well and Zach's at the forefront of that, I just think that they're kind of in a situation where if they want to do anything differently, it has to be Zach that moves. Hmm. Uh, all right, let's take uh, our first break there. Then we will come back and dive into our goals that we are setting for the Wiley vet, DeMar DeRozan, for his third Bulls season. While we're sharing these words from our friends and sponsors, you know what to do. Hit that thumbs up button if you're watching along on YouTube. And make sure you are also subscribed to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Ray Chevy. Are you in the market for a new or used vehicle? If you are, we have great news. Because Ray Chevy and Fox Lake has recently joined the CHGO team. We were talking to the team at Ray and they have this pledge called the Ray Price Promise, which is a guarantee the price you see online for their vehicles is the price you pay when you go to the dealership and say, hey, I saw this car. I saw the price next to it. I would like that car with that price. We found in many cases, other dealerships will raise the price on you when you actually go to the dealership uh, compared to what you saw online and say things like, well, are, are you a farmer? I'm not. Are, are you a military member? I am not. Are you a recent college graduate? Way not. So <laughs> I would still like that price though that I saw on the website. And that's what the Ray Price Promise will give you. The price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons to the price ever. In fact, Ray will even do everything possible to find additional savings for you, which may make the price even lower than the one you see on their website. As one of the top selling dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and save big at Ray Chevy because they now have over 100 Chevy Trax models available starting at just $21,495 a steal. Now through September 30th, all buyers can qualify for 0% financing make zero payments until 2024, plus put no money down. Best of all, pay zero hidden fees with that Ray price promise. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com. Serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. Mm, smooth. So, you know, uh, during this whole week off, uh, baby Joey's been leaving stuff at my doorstep. Um, Such a sweetheart. Stuff that I need. Yeah, he's such he's so nice, man. Stuff that I need. I don't know. I'm very confused as to how he's getting stuff from Sunnyside, uh, and he's a baby, so that's really kind of throwing me off. So I'm very confused about that, but I don't question him when he's doing these things. I just accept it, and I say, thank you, baby Joey, because since he's getting these things and he's not of age, that means I don't understand. Because just like Shady Rays, they never understood. Never. They don't get it. Never understood. They don't get it. Why? Why are these glasses so expensive? We don't understand. I don't get it. Matt don't get it. Will don't get it. Law Dog don't get it. And Shady Rays don't understand it at all. They're an independent sunglasses company offering that world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair you've ever put on your beautiful, sexy face. Those durable frames, those extremely clear optics for your outdoor and as Cool Peck is about to prove, or as I call them, Beard Peck, your indoor. Adventiones. Godly Toby is a word. And that's not all. Shady Rays is offering that most insane protection plan. You know it. The Matt Peck Lost and Broken Replacements Plan. There it goes. Dang, I heard it hit the glass. That was a great (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a glass case of emotion over here, Dave. Studio B. (laughs) Yeah, you around the glass case of anything. Can't be good, man. Can't be good. Oh, and the shirt. Oh, I'm concerned for Will now. Oh, man. We need and let's say he just throws them. <laughs> <laughs> let's say Dennis. he had those glasses on those items. Oh, they would have broken apart along with his fragile, fragile soul because he's a Bears fan. But the Bears can't help his sadness, but Shady Rays can because even though he broke those glasses, he can put them in an the envelope, send them back to Shady Rays. They will send him right back. Splat out. A brand new pair, no questions asked. Or let's say you were out and you saw Will to go Gottlieb out getting some coffee, doing his morning jog. One has some AG1 in one hand and has some coffee in the other. 
and he had some glasses on his face and you were like, damn, I want to look that cool. Well, one, you can get the drinks that he got. You can do that. But two, you can't look that cool in them glasses. I am sorry. But you can go get your own pair of those glasses, send the ones that you got, thought you were going to look cool in, send those back to Shady Rays, pick you out a new pair. They will send you that pair, no questions asked. And as long as you do it within 30 days, you will get it for free. So, excuse me for the listeners out there. Shady Rays is going to give away that best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code CHGO for 50% off of two plus pairs of premium polarized shades. And try it for yourself. Them shades that are rated five stars for over 250,000 people because the Shady Rays, y'all, where the Rays are just old, so shady. I don't think it's possible to describe how badly i missed hearing dave say i'm try glad he yourself. didn't try to throw it off to anybody else because no we, we needed to hear that no had to be dave today no. i understood will i i i got it <laughs> i knew it when i was doing it brother i knew it <laughs> some people never understood dave understood some people never understood it will some people never get it oh my lord look at this <laughs> i mean it's just it's uh <laughs> Poor laundry. Poor laundry. Laundry. Uh, laundry. Yes. <laughs> I didn't Poor hit Lawrence. Lawrence with any of it. I threw uh, it yet. to the side of Lawrence. Yeah, I was concerned. <laughs> Your show's not over. Before we move on, <laughs> I'm not losing this shirt. <laughs> this is my last layer. Oh God. Maybe I'll throw a bird. I'm not 100% sure on that, man. I'm not 100% on that. <laughs> Hold on. You do breaking news without a shirt on. That's true. Just that one time. Yeah. Because our boss is, made me. Circumstances are a little different. <laughs> Could have put a shirt on. All right, guys, let's talk about DeMar DeRozan, shall we? Um, Entering the final year of the sign-and-trade contract that brought him to Chicago two years ago. And uh, he has been an all-star both of his seasons with the Bulls thus far. Kudos to him. He is entering year three with the Bulls, 15th NBA season for Mm. the vet mid-range master. We are all setting goals for DeMar today, and there's been a lot of talk among Bulls fans this offseason about, well, if we're hashtag continuity, run it back, how do we take this 25th-ranked offense last season and make it better? And some of it being, do we need to remove some of that DeMar isolation mid-range game and get this ball moving more? And there are some who say, well, if you take away DeMar's elite mid-range scoring this offense doesn't get better, it might actually get worse. So with that in mind, my goal, which we'll start with, was not necessarily trying to change who DeMar is or ask a un, un, unreasonable sacrifice of him as a veteran leader of this team and one of still this team's best players despite his age. Something that we have seen him do in the past, we know he can do, and it might behoove him and the Bulls to do so, which is why I want, just as I wanted Vooch's assist percentage to go up this season, because it means more ball movement and good clean looks for everybody, I want DeMar's assist percentage to go up this season. Specifically, I am asking 27% assist Mm. percentage from DeMar this season. To just give you some numbers comparatively, For the past two seasons with the Bulls, his assist percentage was 23.3 in year one and then dipped down to 22.3 last season. Those seasons with the Spurs, when Pop said, hey, DeMar, I need you to facilitate more than you were doing in Toronto, and DeMar said, okay, Pop, his assist percentages with the Spurs were 27.6, 26.1, and 32. That final season in San Antonio when we saw him average damn near seven assists a game. We know that DeMar can add that to his offensive game. Mm. I need DeMar to help this Bulls offense get the ball moving more and not stick constantly. Mm. What are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I picked a similar one. I think it's it's a key point that you mentioned that I want to reiterate that like you don't want to ask DeMar to change who he is because what he does well, he does as well as anybody. Um, I also think like a lot of people criticized DeMar for not shooting threes. Like the problem with the Bulls offense and specifically with the three point volume is not DeMar. You need somebody who can score efficiently with the ball. And if he's somebody like Dame or Steph or prime James Harden who can hit step back threes, that's great. But when you can score, when you can score as efficiently in at any spot on the floor as DeMar can from the mid range, 
You don't want to like remove that from his game. That's what makes the Bulls offense efficient. The problem is that there's no spacing around him. And I think there's a lack of trust in that spacing to where the ball doesn't move around as much. So I had a similar uh, goal for you. I said, uh, what did I say, Lawrence? <laughs> what did it I point, point eight five assist to usage. So I went a little Ooh, bit of a different okay. direction here. Where yes, I think the raw assist percentage does need to go up. And assist percentage is what percent of the possessions out of 100 possessions does do you result in an assist for your team? So the assist to usage tries to um, adjust for how much you actually have the ball. Right. So like what Because his usage did go down from Bulls year one to Bulls year two. Exactly. Last year, uh, 27.8 usage. Year before that, 31.8. So a huge dip in usage. 4% is a, is a big number. That 31.8, though, was a career high by a mile. So I mm. think even if that usage stays the same, even if it goes up, like with that the assist rate should also go up. So to add a little bit more context, last year, assist to usage was 0.75. I said 0.85, so I want that to go up. Year before that, 0.69. But as you said, with the Spurs, where he was really dialed in, it was 1.06, meaning he had a higher assist percentage than he did usage percentage, which is incredible, 97th percentile. Year before that, 0.91. Year before that, 0.9. I think he can get close to that, without having to sacrifice too much in the way of his scoring and his, his elite efficient scoring. Uh, but I think, mm-hmm. especially with the added shooting, um, especially with Zach playing as well as he did down the stretch of last season, and especially having gained another year of continuity, like there needs to be a little bit more trust. Um, I don't want to take the ball out of DeMar's hands, but I think he can generate some more offensive looks that result in open threes. And I think that's where the, that assist percentage can lead to. Mm. I, I hear that. I, I hear those two points. Uh, I think they're both valid as hell. Uh, for me, I think I went straight with what it was called, which was prove it. And when it comes to me and it, and I was looking around and I'm going through this stuff and I was like, prove it. And this is all I kept coming back to. Put it up there, uh, Lawrence. Can I guess? In, N-A-D-T. Go ahead, Will. Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. You like don't that. have to prove a <laughs> damn thing. DeMar DeRozan has been unreal as a Chicago Bull. In his seasons here, 26 points, five assists, five rebounds since he's been with the Chicago Bulls. 87.7% his first season free throws, 87.2 the next season. This year, he will move into the top 30 as far as all-time scoring is concerned with the Chicago Bulls. That will be in three seasons. He will be in the top 30. Right now, in points per game, do you know what DeMar DeRozan is in points per game all-time for the Chicago Bulls? He's second in points per game. He's second. All right? That's insane. Now, that does speak to the futility of Chicago Bulls and how they played, but that's still astronomically insane that this dude is number two obviously mm-hmm. behind Jordan. He's 26 a game. Jordan was uh, 31. That's crazy. I don't want DeMar DeRozan to prove nothing. He's just been outstanding on the court and off the court. I'm sure you guys heard that Dale and Terry story that he told when DeMar DeRozan, um, he was on a podcast and DeMar DeRozan, he talked about working with DeMar DeRozan. He was talking about getting up at four in the morning. He was like, DeMar DeRozan called him. It was like, yo, it's time. Get up. And he said he did, he brushed his teeth, got up. Said when he opened his door at 415, DeMar DeRozan was standing right there. <laughs> Looking at him and telling him, yeah, come on, little mother. You know what I mean? Let's go. That's the kind of dude you want on your team. He has been impactful in so many ways off the court for the young guys. He has been impactful on the court. We, you know the clutch numbers. You know Matt talked about him being a mid-range monster and an assassin. Every time he touches the ball, I just think it's going in. I just think it's a bucket. He takes away worry for me in the fourth quarter because if the game is close, I'm like, fine, give it to DeMar and, let, and let's go ahead and get this victory or try to get this win right here. He has been great and has done it at the age he is going into what his 15th season, playing about 36 minutes a game and doesn't miss games either. About 74 to 76 games is what he's going to play for the Chicago Bulls, man, whether he feels great or not. He's been amazing. For me, he has absolutely nothing to prove. Just keep being the awesome player on and off the court that he's been. 
Um, when you talk about DeMar needing to maybe shift certain ways that he plays his game or not to benefit the Bulls and the Bulls offensively, I like Bulls fans want different sacrifices from DeMar that I've seen. I, you know, there's a lively debate in our comments going on right now about can we finally see a DeMar that's more willing to shoot a higher volume of threes because this team is so three-point starved. I don't necessarily think that that should be a focal point. I've also seen the argument from several people that our guy Throne Hatch just uh, suggested in the comments, which is bringing DeMar off the bench. That, I think, is an insulting sacrifice. Never. That DeMar DeRozan Never in should not have to make and no fault to him, I don't think, would not make. I don't think this is a Carmelo at the end of his career, Chris Paul going over to the Warriors and people debating whether or not he's going to crack into that Warriors starting five at this stage of, you know, at, at Chris Paul's age. Yeah, DeMar's getting up there. But as you just laid out, Dave, he has been an all-star for the past two seasons. And deservedly so. Not like weird fan voting all-star. Like selected <laughs> by the coaches of the league, bona fide all-star. I don't, I like, maybe you can make an argument for DeMar coming off the bench being in this team's best interest. I still would disagree with that, but it's also just grossly disrespectful. Yeah, DeMar has been on, he's deserved every single thing he's gotten from the Bulls. I don't ever want to see, I don't want to see him come off the, now, if he's dropping the 16 points a game, like you said, Matt, if this is the Carmelo Anthony situation, where it's clearly beneficial for him to come off the bench for it, for that, then fine. But this dude has been your best player for your team since he's got here, since he walked in the door and wasn't meant to be your best player, but turned it was like, no, I'm going to be the best player on your team. I don't know how many games he's won for us. I mean, you can't even talk about him without talking about those back-to-back victories on New Year's Day. Like, that was all DeMar DeRozan, man. Like, he is an all-star. He is all NBA here with the Chicago Bulls. The best years of his career statistically have been here with the Chicago Bulls, man. Like, so unless that falls off a cliff, I don't even entertain putting that man on the bench, man. Absolutely not. I know we don't all necessarily see totally eye to eye on this, but I also just think that people underestimate how much he keeps this team afloat. Like, I really do think that the bottom would fall out if DeMar was not on the court. And like, you can argue what you want about what direction the Bulls should take, uh, who is the m- more valuable player? Who's the better tra- trade ship? Like, I genuinely believe that if DeMar was to miss this entire season or if they were to trade him and not get much back in return, this team would look a lot worse and not really be close to the play-in. Like, I've always said DeMar is the ultimate floor raiser. Levine is the ultimate ceiling raiser. And I think that's true. Like, Zach is the kind of guy, and responding here to another comment from much earlier in the show, like, I'm not saying Zach is not worth the haul. It's more just like about the marketplace. And I think that's true for DeMar too. Like what those guys are worth in a vacuum or for this team is different than what it would be for any other team, especially considering just the marketplace around stars and how they're traded right now. Both of these guys are incredibly talented, but I think DeMar keeps the team afloat. He's steady. He raises the floor so much in a way that I just don't think they would be able to recover from not only if they just moved him to the bench, but if they traded him for nothing or if he walks in free agency next year, like it's not going to look good. And a huge piece of that is just the steadiness. Like he is in a lot of ways, the point guard of this team, you know, regardless of how we feel about what his assist percentage is or assist to usage, whatever. Like I, I really like what you had Dave as your proof it because he, he already does everything that you want out of a guy. And maybe he's not like a tier one, a super duper star that can be the best player on a championship team. But like he raises the floor of this team more than anybody else does. Um, and he, he automatically makes you in that race for a play in spot. La- last yeah. thing. And, and then we can uh, take our second break. But when it comes to the, you know, the DeMar thing and whether or not he fits, uh, you know, cause I, you know, I saw DeMond saying Pop couldn't wait to get rid of DeMar because he didn't fit. Bulls fans make the argument that DeMar is not a fit with these other pieces. I think it was Sports Chicago style in the comments earlier who asked, if Billy yells run, will DeMar run? And that's a a simple way of raising a, a more complicated question of, the Bulls have said under Billy Donovan, we want to play faster, we want to get out and transition, 
and we want to add some of these, you know, randomness elements to our offense. DeMar being your most reliable offensive piece in the slow plotting way that he dominates is counterintuitive to the Bulls successfully doing that on offense, Will. Yeah, but I also think that, like, those two things aren't mutually exclusive. That's why we saw success when exactly. Lonzo was hitting ahead passes to Zach Levine and throwing overhand, like, 100-mile-an-hour fastballs for 360 dunks. Like, you can have really good transition play and then still have a ultimate, I'm going to get my shot and it's going to probably go in type of closer on your team for, like, the second part of a possession. I think that's where things really, that's where, like, the misalignment comes in. The Bulls' like initial actions of their offense have not been good enough. I think they over-rely on DeMar in those situations. Part of that's on DeMar. Part of that's on the team. Part of that's on the rest of the guys. And mm-hmm. as a result, it's on the front office. But I don't think you can just say DeMar doesn't fit because he likes to do that. Because as soon as he's gone, you're going to see how much you miss that. I think the Bulls need to do a better job of finding open looks through the flow of an offense early on in the possessions. But then you got to have a guy like DeMar who can just get a shot up. And, and Zach can do that too, but you can't just have one guy that can score. Like you really need guys that can play off of one another. And I just don't think that like removing him for Patrick Williams to get a few more touches a game is like a very productive way to win games this year. And that's really what it comes down to. That's the goal is winning games. If you wanted to lose and go pure player development and give the ball to Patrick and Kobe, like that's what happened. You'd lose. And that's not what this team wants to do. And Matt, real quick, to a to a much bigger and greater extent, it's the same thing that I remember with the Lakers in the '80s. Remember when the Lakers got Magic and they and Worthy and Byron Scott and and uh, Michael Cooper, and all they wanted to do was run, run, run. And you've got 18 year old, 18 year vet Kareem Abdul Jabbar who's not about to do all that. Well, guess what? He was still starting on that team, and they were still running. But when they needed a bucket. You give it to Kareem, and he's going to get you a bucket because that's what it's going to come down to, especially as the playoffs and those things come around. That kind of stuff starts slowing down, and you need bucket getters. That's what you need. And so you dump it down to those kind of guys, and you allow them to score, man. So, yeah, you can still run, like Will said. Like, you can still run and do those things, man, but you're still going to need a dude who can put the ball into the bucket for you and slow the pace down at one point in time, man. Cause that's, that's just the game. That's how the that's, game rolls. That's like the biggest criticism of the Grizzlies right now is like, they're incredible in the regular season. They fly up and down. They get a ton of easy points in transition, but like in the half court, they just can't get enough. And like, that's where a guy like DeMar comes in mm-hmm. handy. Like you need a guy who can go do that. I think that's a great point. I think that, that, that is the team that we saw jump out to that lead as the top, East's top seed for the first half of two seasons ago. Yeah. Cause you had that special seasoning, the, the special sauce of Lonzo's transition offensive abilities. And when it was a tight one, get the ball to DeMar in crunch time. It's it, all it about worked. the balance. Right. It, it was that balance. That balance is gone now. And the bulls have been flailing for, one and a half years trying to figure out how to replace that Lonzo production. Javon Carter, you're up. Good luck. You're up. Um, but that's it for DeMar. I, I love Dave's meathead grades kind of take on his, DeMar DeRozan's prove it. Uh, we'll take our second break, come back and dive into our goals for Alex Caruso, reigning all defensive first team member for the upcoming year. Hit that thumb if you didn't do it the first time around. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Sunnyside. Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary, your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping. A place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. They've got everything you need to elevate your football season. Or if you're a Bears fan, make your football season hurt a little less. Uh, You also can make easy online ordering and then in-store pickup part of your weekly or monthly routine whenever you need to make your next stop at Sunnyside, whichever location is nearest to you. They've got everything under the sun as far as cannabis and all of the various products. They've got flour, they've got tinctures, they've got the vaping things, and of course... So many delicious different edibles to choose from. Now through October 15th, head to sunnyside.shop and use our promo code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer and you can't stack it with their other promotions and offers, but it's not just for first time users. Everyone 
can use that promo code CHGO25 when they check out. Pick up everything you need to elevate or help your football season. Must be 21 and over or an Illinois med card holder. Mm. Beer. It's a thing. Mm. People love it. You saw Matt as soon as you said the word. His just body just said, oh, he understands what it means. Right now, it means depression for a bearded peck. That's what beard means right now for him. But it helps a little bit. And it helps that it comes from the Goose Island Beer Company who rocks with us here at CHGO. Hit it one more time, Lawrence, because I like you. Thank you, sir. Been Chicago's beer since 1988. That is the Jordan beer. They have so many. Of course, the Beer Hub family. They have the 312 Wheat L, the Madden Big Day favorite, that full pocket pills. But since the weather is turning and the leaves are turning a pretty color outside, it is time for the fall, which means it is time for Oktoberfest. That Goose Island Oktoberfest beer. I cannot wait to try this and have myself some enjoyment in a can, especially watching the ON3 Chicago Bears. But you can head on down and grab you an ultra-fresh exclusive beer at the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or go over to the tap room on Fulton Street in West Town and enjoy yourself because it's the Goose Island Beer Company. It's Chicago's beer, the true taste of Chicago. One more time, Lawrence. Quack, quack. (laughs) (laughs) Big Dave, while you were gone and Will had one of his days filling in with ad reads, he called the Goose Uh Island Honk Honk a quack, quack. Hey! Oh my god! Not my best moment, but we're moving past it until (laughs) until Matt brings it up again tomorrow. You know, we could deflect. I'm about to say who is. I'm about to say who is we. Don't see. That don't seem like a we thing. So you're like gonna stay right there. We could bring up that that day of atonement, and I feel bad about it. We could bring up the video from Vegas if you want to talk about that instead. No, we can just move on from both those things. (laughs) We just keep moving forward. I had to give Shady Rays another shout out, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just look too good in the Shady Rays there at Stadium Swim at Circa to not share it with the internet. No reason to be humble, Will. No reason to be humble. Uh, All right, guys. Let's let's talk some Alex Caruso coming into his third bull season, just like his teammate DeMar DeRozan. Coming off a year in which he played a career-high 67 games. He did play 64 for the Lakers in the COVID-shortened 1920 season. Um, But a career-high 67 last year, starting 36 of them, and celebrating only other bull alongside uh, DeMar Rosen to get a little bit of NBA award hardware for his trophy case. uh, All-star DeMar and all-team all defensive first team, Alex Caruso. Um, perhaps one of the most valuable contracts in the NBA at large right now. Uh, we all know what Caruso does for this team, setting the tone defensively, the perimeter defense, the steals that lead to easy buckets and transition. And when I started thinking about what I want to see from Caruso this season, it basically is what uh, sports Chicago style just said there in the comments, stay on the court. He had 67. <laughs> so I, I have a sort of like a twofer goal for Caruso this year, which is basically prove again what you proved last year. I want 65 games played and knowing about the league's new rules for the season long awards, all NBA teams, all defensive teams, you need to hit that 65-game threshold to qualify. So play those 65 games at minimum, Alex, and make the all-defensive team again because that is why you are important to this team. Uh, you are in my brain because I also chose something very similar. Um, I I just said, like, repeat as first-team all-defense because mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. lot has to go right in order to, for that to happen. One, the Bulls have to have success not only as a team but as a defense last year fifth overall first after all-star break, which is just still mind blowing to me. And I would say the vast majority of that is as a result of Alex Caruso being an absolute menace on that end. 
Um, and I did not ever lose interest or stop having fun uh, promoting his candidacy for first-team all-defense, and I don't think that will be the case again next year. He was outstanding. I think for him to get there, it would have to meet the 65 games played number. It would require him to play a lot of minutes, and it would require the Bulls to be a really good defense. And if all those three things can happen, then they're going to have a chance to be you know, a playing team and that's what they want to do. Like a lot of this hinges on a $9 million a year role player, which is crazy. But I mean, that's how good he is. That's how impactful he is. And for him to be able to do that again, I think it would just show you that the bulls were successful this year. Mm. So I went a little differently and y'all might disagree uh, with me on it. Uh, but it's not to say I, I don't think Alice Caruso and what I think about him and how incredible he is, especially defensively. Making first team all defense, I know it made my man Will Godley's nipples hard. So, Lordy, because he was amazing. Like seriously, that dude is special when it comes to defense. Like to watch what he does, and you've seen so many possessions where he literally guarded the, the five people. Like you've watched him do it, and then call out everything that was going to happen, get the rebound, and then start the break. Like you've watched him do those things. He's special, but you all know. I have said consistently about Alex Caruso, what I think about him is I think he's rims. I think he's a luxury item that for a team that is ready to win. I think he is a team, a person that you go get like a specialist that is that is ready to win. So that's kind of my prove it uh, this year is to prove that you are not rims. So again, he had career highs in games played, games started, efficient field goal percentage, free throws, blocks, uh, it was his highest field goal percentage. Uh, like, he had all these career highs and those things. When I look at the games where Alex Caruso, um, when Alex Caruso played for the Bulls this season, the Bulls were 33 and 34. And without him on the floor, they were seven and eight. So even in the year, even in the year previously, with Alex Caruso, they were 24 and 17. Without him, they were 22 and 19. So for me, I don't know what I lose. I know what I lose defensively with Alice Caruso. I get that. But I need the scoring from Alice Caruso. I'm not saying that he has it or not. I don't know. But I know that's what the Bulls were truly lacking was that scoring ability. Sometimes he had those brain farts. I still remember, was that the Pacers they played where he couldn't inbound the ball on two straight possessions? They couldn't get it in. They called a timeout and he still couldn't get the ball in. He's had, mm -hmm. you know, those brain, brain kind of fart things happen to him. But I need it more so to affect that winning, that bottom line of it. I understand when he's in, he, he, that's the best rotation they have. You know, that's the, those are the highest numbers that they put up as far as the ratings and all those things are concerned. But I need it to affect that bottom line a little bit more when Alice Caruso is on, on that floor. Even when I look at that play-in game against the Heat, I, he had a great game. I mean, he had 16 points. He shot 4-8 from three. He was awesome. He played like 30 minutes. And, and people barely remember. All they remember is Kobe White not being on the floor because that's the reason that you didn't win. It wasn't the 16 points. It helped, but you needed Zach Levine to have those 16 points. You needed him to put those things forward. So I wanted more, more to affect winning. I want him to prove more that he's not a luxury item, that he is a necessity for this team to actually truly, truly win. Yeah, along those lines of wanting some more offense from Caruso, Dave, I think you're not alone there. I, I've seen some people in our comments talking about wanting Caruso to up his three-point percentage, maybe even increase the number of attempts. Uh, because, like as you just said, like, these past couple of years, we've seen games where Caruso will knock down three or four threes, and you're like, oh, oh, we got offense Caruso tonight. Great. That's helpful. And then there are nights where you, you know, Peep the box score, and you're like, okay, Caruso played, let's see, 31 minutes tonight, and he scored zero points. And, you know, shout out to our guy, Mark K, who has said repeatedly, and I think he, he is right in a lot of ways, Caruso can still be this team's most valuable player on nights when he scores two points or four points because of huge plays he makes on the defensive end. But I think you're right too, Dave, and that you ideally get something else from him on the offensive yeah. end. You know, he's not going to break down defenses off the dribble. But if he can, uh, I sorry to whose comment it was. I lost it. It was a while back. Just, just knock down your corner threes when you're open or your elbow threes when you're open. If you can do that. Um, like just, you know, last season, Caruso knocked him down at 36.4%. That's great. 
respectable. Yeah. 2.3 attempts per game. So, you know, he's not chucking them up a lot. But if you can give me 36% again, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I think we also need to keep in context, like, Crusoe is a role player. He's not one of your franchise driving players, as good as he is. But, and take this for what it's worth, it's obviously not everything, but he did lead the team in point differential by a significant margin. Uh, Courtney cleaning the glass, plus 9.7 points per 100 possessions when Caruso was on the floor, which leads to, by their metrics, a plus 24 expected wins, which <sighs> by far the, the most valuable player on this team. And that's only part of the, I mean, that's that's part of it. We we all watch his impact. We see that, but you're right. I mean, he, he's not like he's a perfect, well-rounded player, but he is, especially for being a role player, I think one of the most impactful in the entire NBA. Sure. So sure. he abs and I think being able to maximize the jump shooting, we've seen him operate as a screener a little bit, baseline cutting, like those are all ways that he can maximize his value on the other end, on the offensive end. And he needs to do those things. But like, if we're just getting what we got last year for me, that's, that's going to mean success. Um, so that's what I want to see. Mm. Yeah, I want to uh, see and, more, of, more of it too, man. I just I just want to see more of it. And you're right, he is a role player. And I think it's because of his importance that I that I kind of say these things, even though with him being a role player, like of his importance of, for, to this team and, and what he impacts. Like I put these kind of things on him. So, I, and, it's, and it's simplified because, you know, you can, you can point to DeMar DeRozan and be like, I know why we won or lost because of how he played. And I can do that with Zach Levine too. And I can do that with sometimes with Booch. And I can definitely do that with Patrick Williams. Because I'm like, if he's scoring, the Bulls ain't losing. But like guys like Caruso, I want to be able to do that too as well. Even though they're role players, I want to be able to do that too as well. Because I can kind of do it with Kobe White. Like, damn, he went one for nine tonight. Well, you know what I'm saying? I know why we didn't win this three-point battle or something like that. But Caruso can come out and get you five steals, five blocks, you know, and do all those things uh, beyond the the, – simple numbers that people might look at but at the end of the day you're like well i still lost this game and that and that's what i wanted to affect a little bit more is those things i wanted to affect more so the the outcome of the game as far as the winning is concerned and not necessarily everything every cool thing that's happening and going on within like i, I need the bottom line to be affected a little bit more because he starts like we talk about him being a starter and, and all yeah. these other kind of things you know what i mean uh ak shout out to our guy ak in the comments saying uh caruso also gets people in position to defend through his communication and that i think like honorable mention goal for me for caruso this year is to maintain that and also maybe even increase it a little bit when you talk about the leaders on this team where is leadership coming from because damar and zach are the two most talented players and damar is obviously the most you know long tenured nba vet and some of the young guys look up to him. People talk, uh, you know, fondly about how DeMar takes the young guys under his wing, whether it's Pat, Dale, and Kobe, off-season training and workouts with him. And, and there is some element to that. But if the Bulls are going to be an elite defensive team again next season and prove that this past season wasn't a fluke, some of those guys need somebody to get, as you would say, Big Dave, in they ass when they are not bringing that don't, in don't defensive that. intensity. <laughs> And Caruso, like, you you have proven, Caruso, <laughs> first team all defense last season, you are elite in an important way in the NBA. You have the right to yell at DeMar or yell at Zach or whoever it might be if on any given night they are dogging it on defense. Because uh, was it Caruso's first training camp here two years ago where he had that one quote after one of their practices where he was like, I can't believe just the, the complete lack of talking that was going on on the defensive end. You got to talk. And when Caruso's not out there, the Bulls don't talk. So be a leader, Caruso. I want to see that too. It's honestly crazy that, because that was what Adam Amin said when he came on too. Mm -hmm. Like there's just lack of communication. It's crazy that they were as good as they were last year for a lot of reasons, but I think that's that's a big one. Also when that music just came on, I thought Law was playing you off. (laughs) I thought he was playing you off. I, I usually only Law do that for the Bears. Never. I usually only do that for the Bears when Carm starts singing. <sighs> yeah, no, no one ever. Or needs it's, to hear it's, that. it's hour two of talking about a thirty-point fucking loss. <laughs> oh, I saw somebody in the comments said, uh, 
that we we need to check on our friend Braggs. Um, sometimes producer of this year's CHO Bull Show, obviously also a member of CHO Bears. He wore a bag over his head during their post game show yesterday. And I, oh, I hope man. he's doing better yeah, today. Yeah, and, and it was Anthony. He said it was an hour and a half show. No, no, no. That was two hours, and he had it on the whole time. <laughs> but man. here's the thing. That dude, is he contains multitudes because he was on uh, Fox 32 this morning at like 6 in the morning. I saw. A suit. Yeah. Wearing a suit and tie. Right. Suited up. Suit and tie brags. Yeah. A kind I had never seen before. Yeah, and then we did a Zoom call like an hour later, and he was still wearing the suit and tie, but he was like in his garage. It was like, <laughs> you're home. Take it off, man. What are you doing? <laughs> oh my goodness um yeah bears fans everywhere it's another tough monday it's another bears monday where i'm wearing chgo hawks gear for a reason <laughs> Connor Bernard, you are our only hope uh that's it we're out of time for today back right. tomorrow big dave reunited with us in studio tomorrow uh same time same place 4 p.m central time and a very special oh, guest will be rejoining us here at chgo bulls legend bulls fan favorite Stick around for that. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow Will, this one, on Twitter at Will underscore Gottlieb. Jeez. Big Dave is at BOW, BWL Sports. I'm Bulls <laughs> underscore Peck. We are CHO underscore Bulls. Shout out, thanks, and appreciation. Our pal producer, Lawrence, on the controls. Thanks, guys. No Sorry I almost hit you with my shirt. That's fine. <laughs> uh, hit that thumb on your way out if you haven't done so yet. Bulls Nation, and we will talk to you tomorrow. See you, Red. Be good.